Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Walt Frazier, Bill Cartwright, Joey Devine, Harry Gallatin, Gerald Wilkins, Sean Keane. Marvin Webster Special guest Bob Silverman Other special guest Spencer Owen Kenny Sears Special Patreons John Lennon Thank you John Jarvis Thank you, Jarvis. Dan Matthews! I think he's Dave's brother from that band. Musical guest, Sandfrog! And now, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are here, as always... With my very good friend, co-host, uh, all-around swell guy, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. How are you, Joey? Um, pretty good. I've gotten in zero fights over my with Nate Silver over my controversial idea to uh, start the NBA back up again, but only allow people who've had uh, Spanish influenza play. So that's pretty. Yeah, cool. that's good. That that's a good one. I I actually um wanted to um just just cut little pox scabs off of people mm-hmm. and expose them to every fan like like it's like it's basically like that deal where you have like a t-shirt on the seat for a special game mm-hmm. uh but that t-shirt has been infected with uh the pox 
I would also like to make an announcement about our podcast real quick, which is uh, Vegas is no longer allowing us to people to bet on our show. Um, yeah, that's simply true. because it's too good. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I guess. I guess people Vegas didn't realize that we don't do the show live. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, there goes all of our income. But yeah, I know uh, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks, dude. The economy's fucked. <laughs> Um, we've got a huge, very long, but very good. This is one of our best episodes ever, I think, Sean. It's very, I'm going to say that no one, look, there's been a lot of people stealing podcast premises out there in the world. Mm -hmm. This is not one anyone has ever done before. Yeah, no, this is for (laughs) sure. I think we are in a small group of people that have uh, actually listened in its entirety to an entire JD and the Straight Shot album, not uh, being paid by James Dolan, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, so we've combined listened to that album five times combined. Uh, well, once I'm done editing this, it's going to be a <laughs> lot longer. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's going to be a lot more. Uh, but um, what we did is we brought in our friends uh robert silverman and spencer owen and we listen to the latest jd and the straight shot album and we review it track by track but before we get to spencer and bob uh i should just say some business off the top um follow us on twitter at round rock pod email us at round rock pod at gmail.com uh calls on the phone at the number embedded in the description of the podcast five star reviews uh they help for some reason i don't know why but people keep saying that on other podcasts and i am nothing if not uh, i don't want to be left out of the review train uh and if you feel like supporting us uh monetarily for extra episodes uh every week um patreon.com slash round rock pod in fact I would recommend listening to this week because we finally checked in with what Brett and Randy of Slammed Up are doing. Oh, yeah. During the global pandemic. Um, It's not great what they're doing. All right. Now, this is enough. Uh, Let's let's get to the episode, huh? Yeah. All right. In our special music episode of uh, Round Ball Rock, we wanted to do something special, what with no basketball happening, and what... The special thing we decided to do is torture two of our friends. <laughs> um, our, our first guest is a writer, clown. You might know him from the Daily Beast, from being doxxed constantly by Barstool Sports. <laughs> uh, if you're from Manhattan, you might know him from the theater. It's uh, everybody's favorite, Bob Silverman. Bob, how are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Honest, and thank you for the, the I, I mentioned this also previously, but thank you for this um, hour's worth of torture spent doing the appropriate research for today's subject, because it was, you know, like when you've got a, like a hangnail or there's some kind of nagging injury, you know, not enough to really debilitate you, mm-hmm. but just unpleasant. And what you do is you start like pinching your hand or, you know, sticking a tack into your thighs <laughs> so you stop so you don't notice it anymore. So that's what this was like. I, I sort of ignored everything else for the hour while I was getting extremely mad preparing for the content. Uh, I should also mention Bob. The way we're setting this up is Bob is a. Uh, 
our partial judge because he's a lifelong Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, and which our- is a its own torture. <laughs> <laughs> and for our impartial judge, we have one of my favorite musicians in the whole world. His new album, well, newest album, is uh, Presentation by the Spencer Owen Timeshare. It's musician, Spencer Owen. Spencer, how are you? I'm doing spectacularly. Thank you so much for, um, you know, listening to a new album is never actually a torturous experience for me. (laughs) I, I have a really... I've In my 20s, I had an insatiable thirst for... Uh, unquenchable, you might say, for um, for listening to any new albums, even if they were bad. Um, I just wanted to 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 get things, get the knowledge in the brain, um, and map it out. <laughs> but um, you know, it's nice to be forced, to, uh, uh, voluntarily forced to uh, be be exposed to something like this. Um, on assignment, it's it's you know I'll take any I'll take I'll take any assignment basically you know, of this of this nature and this one this one was was rich in its own way. All right, and now not to we have we've been burying the lead a bit, but what we all did was we listened to Nick's owner James Dolan's band JD and the Straight Shots' newest all acoustic album called The Great Divide. Uh, I'm going to read the about section from the JD and the Straight Shot uh, website right now. Now, by the way, don't get confused with another album called The Great Divide by Scott Stapp, lead singer of Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I listened to the wrong album. (laughs) Fuck. All right. So this, uh, this section of the website is called A Few Words About Us. Americana band JD and the Straight Shots knew all (laughs) (laughs) new all acoustic album called The Great Divide is out now. The band vocalist slash guitarist Jim Dolan, guitarist slash vocalist slash slash producer Mark Copley, BB King, Roseanne Cash, upright bassist banjoist Byron House. Robert Plant, Emmy Lou Harris, Dolly Parton, violinist, fiddler, vocalist, Aaron Slaver, Martina McBride, Rod Stewart, drummer, percussionist, Sean Pelton, Cheryl Crow, Levon Helm, Saturday Night Live Band, and guitarist, vocalist. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Fitting for this program, I must add. Was was G.E. Smith not available (laughs) to join this rockin' band to be a prior commitment? And guitarist slash vocalist Carolyn Don Johnson, Miranda Lambert, Martina McBride, is comprised of friends whose joy in telling stories oh, together. Oh yeah, they're friends. <laughs> That's why they formed this band. These of session musicians. <laughs> they're These the best of music- pals. <laughs> yeah. They like to go apple picking or <laughs> any number of social activities when they're not being paid exorbitant amounts of money by the billionaire Nick's owner to to grimly trudge after him around the company to poorly attended concerts backing up like the fucking Eagles and shit, man. It, yeah, com- we're not even through the first sentence yet, but this is just, uh, I, I, I just want to, uh, if anyone hasn't read the Wikipedia page for JD and the oh, Straight Shots, it's, it's, it's the best Wikipedia page on the Wikipedia website, I think. Uh, 
is comprised of friends whose joy in telling stories together shines through each sparkling track on The Great Divide. The album was recorded at Soundstage Studios in Nashville with Mark Copley, James Montgomery, Jess Klein, Constantine Maroulis producing. Inspired by artists such as Fleetwood Mac, Crosby, yep. Stills, Nash & Young, Civil yep. Wars, Jefferson Airplane, Three Dog wait, Night. Huh, wait, huh? wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. You Civil can hear Wars, all like these the, influences. Like Civil <laughs> yeah, Wars. Yeah, I'm hearing like them. The, I, you can. That's true. <laughs> you can. When they say Civil Wars, do they mean like the 1983 Philip Glass opera? No, that's what I thought of that too, but of course not. I think I think they're inspired by like the music that plays while Shelby Foote reads a letter home by a guy who's having his foot amputated after they eat him. They're they're inspired by the SB Nation parody General Andrew Luck Twitter account. <laughs> they're inspired by Fleetwood Mac and the existence of war. <laughs> Jefferson Airplane. They're two main musical influences. <laughs> Jefferson Airplane, Three Dog Night, and The Yardbirds. JD and the Straight Shot sure. delivers a sweet sure. sound and strong songwriting mixed with the swagger of rock and roll. <sighs> the- <laughs> oh no. What's that? Well, you know, they told me, Bob, you probably shouldn't hurt your lily white college hands trying to play the blues, but I didn't listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) The Great Divide boasts unforgettable hooks, soaring melodies, and powerful stories. (laughs) What have I gotten into? Oh my god. The dynamic album springs to life with the foot-stomping The Great Divide title track that hopes to inspire people to engage in more conversations with those who may hold opinions different from their own. Oh, my God. Ooh, does it? (laughs) Well, we're going to get to it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole album is about the discourse. Capital (laughs) P, capital D, but (laughs) mainly the title track, which is... Just glimmering above the, the, the song that shall not be named yet. The thumping, yep. potent mm-hmm. cadence and melodic layers of Dead Men Tell No Tales segues into <laughs> It Must Be the Night with banjo-driven sounds of the heartland. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet the dude who was hired to write this time. I, I want to know... Is the, when he wrote this, was he given specific instructions, or did he just decide to troll James Dolan by sticking his tongue so far in his cheek it may have poked a hole in it? Oh my god, <laughs> the Heartland! <laughs> While Invisible offers, he means lush- the Heartland Brewing Company. That's what they're referring to by the Heartland. <laughs> <laughs> While they in- mean a chain restaurant. <laughs> That's right. While Invisible offers lush tones and I Should Have Known features beautiful harmonies influenced by Simon and Garfunkel's iconic folk rock favorite, The Boxer. That's definitely, that's definitely song what I that's when I heard this Harvey Weinstein <laughs> song. Yeah, that's the, I, I would say if that song features one thing, it's beautiful harmonies. <laughs> I would say also that. Um, much like the boxer, 
Um, Harvey Weinstein is something <laughs> beloved by Lorne Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bees shares a sensual sonic landscape of longing. <laughs> Anything but love is a tender tale of heartache. <laughs> that, uh... Take It Slow showcases sexy syncopated rhythms. No, 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 no. The rhythm of that song is one of the most upsetting things on the album. <laughs> <laughs> While On a Wire gives moody vibes of wistful whimsy. JD and the Straight Shots cover of the Turtles chart topping 1967 hit Happy Together. Mm-hmm. And the Almond Brothers Band instrumental favorite, Jessica, breathe an upbeat freshness and triumphant new vibrancy into the songs. The Do gr- they? The triumphant new <laughs> vibrancy into... Do they mean uh, uh, malfunctioning autotune? Is that what they were talking about? God. <laughs> no, no, no. The, whoever was hired to write this is laughing even harder than any of us were. You're oh. like, oh, you want some, vi- you, you need an adjective? I got adjectives. Triumphant <laughs> vibrancy. Oh. They the, don't mean anything, but I got them. The Great Divide follows JD and the Straight Shots' highly acclaimed 2017 album, Good Luck and Good Night, that Roots Music Authority, No Depression, raves, boasts, quote, exhilarating performances and luxurious blends of instrumentation, unquote. And Madness mm-hmm. to Creation gushes, quote, is a masterful blend of songwriting, arrangements, musicianship, and harmony. <laughs> All right, so now, before we get deep into this album, <laughs> uh, I wanted to go over a little bit of a history, each of your history with James Dolan. So let's start with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> good idea, I think. That's a good what idea. A, yeah. what, a, what a bold choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I started writing about the Knicks on the internet in, in around the year 2010. Um, and uh, it was the it was the the wild uh, west of blogging, let's say. Um, and so, for for I was working in an, another actual full time job, but because I was staying up late to watch Knicks games, like the idiot that I am. I just started writing about them, you know, after watching a game from like 10 till sometimes two in the morning for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've written a lot of words about James Dolan, who has presided over literally the worst basketball team of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I have, uh, I have uh, called him all manner of names. Uh, and in, I think, I think the, the phrase sexual assault enabler came up even before the Weinstein yeah, thing uh-huh. happened. Uh-huh. Um, for those who don't know, James, uh, the, the Knicks fired a vice president who charged the team's president and general manager with sexually harassing her. And James Dolan was like, no, fuck you. I'm standing by the guy who did the sexual harassing. Mm. And it, and inevitably had to pay, a, they, they lost and had to pay 11 point. Four million dollars after mm-hmm. being found culpable of not just the general manager in question, but the actual entire company of being complicit in this act. Um, and then 
<laughs> like he, he still like up until 2015, I don't think they've asked him about it lately, but up until 2015, his, his basic response when asked about this was like, yeah, she's lying still. Uh, yeah. She's lying and made it up. Why would she do that? I don't know. I mean, he's, he is a uniquely vile human being who inherited uh, two sports teams and an arena from his wealthier, far more successful father. He is the definition of a fail son. He is a recovering addict who is constantly calling fans who criticize him drunks, which is mm -hmm. pretty freaking telling, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he is thin-skinned and petty enough to throw fans out of the arena when they chant rude things at him. Not just uh, fans lately. Uh, no, not just fans. He, he threw Spike Lee out a few days ago. He, he did. <laughs> oh. Spike Lee, the most beloved, the most diehard Knicks fan in existence, who by his own account has spent millions of dollars on season tickets. More popular and, than any player with yeah. the Knicks. Yes. <laughs> and Spike, Spike Lee, who comes to every Knicks game dressed like Dr. Teeth from The Muppet Show, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in Knicks colors. Um, and like legitimately goes around to his NBA friends and tries to recruit them to, to sign theirs free agents and Does, fails makes, every time. Makes free videos for them to try makes, and recruit. Uh, made a like a fluff piece with Phil Jackson about the glory of the triangle offense. Yeah. That's how much of the Kool Aid he's drunk. In any case, uh, and then they also Spencer. Uh, arrested one of their most popular former yeah. players a few years ago. <laughs> Charles Holy Oakley. Holy shit. Charles Oakley, routinely, universally beloved former Nick from the period when they were good before James Owen on the team, got thrown, dragged out of Madison Square Garden by seven security guards, eventually put in handcuffs and, and charged. Madison Square Garden filed charges against him. Dolan again went on uh, the Michael K show and said that uh, Oakley had both substance abuse and anger management issues he needed to deal with. Um, and basically every star in the NBA told him to go fuck himself. But Dolan, that is. Uh, yeah, he, he, he is he is the... It's, it's really dumb to compare anyone to Donald Trump because Donald Trump is kind of sui generis, but He's a pre he's a reasonable uh, facsimile. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. Uh, he is both. He is arrogant enough to think that he's smarter than everyone else, and uh, so so is so filled with um, narcissism that anyone challenging him is thrown to is is it meets the entirety of his wrath. Um, there was a security guard who asked to see his ID way back when, like six years ago, and he had her fired mm -hmm. because she didn't immediately recognize him. This is, he forced the Rockettes or trot well, to, to we're going to get to this. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get to that. I've been ranting about Dylan for a while, but again, like the, he shares a great many traits um, with with the current president, and uh, would probably do about it as well. Where I think both team, both the organizations would probably end up in the same place where their their jobs swapped out for some reason. Anyway, mm -hmm. I, I I have a lot of hatred for Dolan that has nothing to do with him being the owner of a the team that I like and the fact that he's made them bad. I find him a bad person. I mean, I was um, going to say before, before you even brought up Donald Trump, I was just sitting here speechlessly soaking in this information. Uh, 
but and and uh before again before you even mentioned trump uh the phrase uh dolan 2028 <laughs> appeared in my brain <laughs> um, and it 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 scared me, frankly. I got scared just sitting in my chair. Uh, Spencer, I think you should also know that um, James Dolan is currently uh, facing a lawsuit from shareholders of the Madison Square Garden Corporation because he pays himself too high a salary <laughs> and uh, be, and is spending too much time working on JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> so there's a band that, in theory, will be costing him millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> If I were if I were an MSG shareholder, I would say the most to him, expensive vanity project. I think he should. Yeah, he also speaking of his band, on at least three occasions he has thrown out patrons who have mentioned the Knicks during one of his concerts. One one guy got thrown out for wearing a T-shirt that said "Sell the Knicks." Yeah, at the Truba, at a Troubadour show that only had twelve people in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So anyway, yeah, that's my that's the short version of the James Dolan story. So, and so my experience with them. So Spencer, you are not a sports fan. Okay. Spencer, what did you know about James Dolan before getting into this? Uh, I am a big fan, as are the hosts of this program, as I understand, of the. Um, of the comedy program, the best show with Tom Sharpling. It's true. Um, yeah. And as a fan of Sharplings, I have heard of this band, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and 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 I think that's the only way I would have heard of this band. Um, um, but I, uh, yeah, that's my entire ex- understanding of JD and the Straight Shot. I actually decided, other than the amazing Wikipedia page, which I have already mentioned, which I think is unbelievably savage um, in a way that somehow is still allowed by the Wikipedia style guide. Um, <laughs> like I look at, I look, I look at the JD and the straight shot Wikipedia page and I, and I, I don't see any like bias really. It's, the only bias in it is like, I guess the order in the, of the sentences in it. But, um, <laughs> is that it? Like the, it's just facts. It's just straight up facts uh, uh, that, that completely to, destroy yeah. the guy. Go ahead, Bob. Can I, can I ask? Can I ask Spencer a quick question? Because this has been bothering me for a long time. Yeah. Um. Why is it? Do, do you have any theories about why they're called the straight shot and not the straight shots? <sighs> I think because it, it sounds seems like yeah. It seems unnecessarily like the singularization as if they all band together to form a singular shot of Jack Daniels. Yeah. Well, like well, a, like a, like a session musician Voltron or something, but it, it's always been like, just call them the straight shots. That's dumb. Yeah. I think this JD and the straight shot has this kind of like, he, he, he really, he really wants to stand like it's one he wants to stand out is is insane is the insane thing about him uh and this project from what i understand like they they, they've made so many records they've made (laughs) seven albums like they've been together for 15 years i don't know if it's the same people the whole time and but 15 years of making music i and you know the only difference i would say between james dolan and donald trump in this regard is that like 
I don't think Donald Trump has like purposely um, taken in a complete work of art in no. in decades. Like like I, an album, a movie, right? Certainly, I, I, I bear. I don't even think I need to say the word book, but book. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a there's a great story from a New Yorker profile of Donald Trump from I believe it's 2009, but it might be 2004, where he is flying on a plane with a reporter, and uh, Donald Trump Jr. is there, and they decide for fun to watch what evidently this is like a repeated viewing for them, uh, the movie Bloodsport with John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it may, this may even be an older profile. This may be like 1997 and like a young Don Jr. is there. And Don Jr.'s job is to fast forward through all the boring parts of Bloodsport. Mm -hmm. So they just have the pure Kumite experience of people kicking each other's ass and oh, all that God. other. And that's so to speak to his attention span, the movie Bloodsport is, is is drags like fucking War and Peace when it comes to I mean, you know, the current I, I, president. That that may be the case, actually. I, I've never seen Bloodsport, so there might be some boring parts in Bloodsport, but I completely <laughs> under I, I none, nonetheless I I think that can easily be extrapolated to the entire media diet of Donald Trump <laughs> and his family. But I should also just say in that regard, the one thing about Dolan that impresses me is that he does have some sort of artistic output. Like he actually <laughs> does have seven albums. You can't argue <laughs> with the fact that he has seven albums and he sings all the songs and apparently wrote them. Like, does yeah. he write these, these songs? Yes. Yes. That's amazing to me. I'm, I'm really impressed, I mean, you know, like, and, 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 and that's about where the anything that can be construed as a compliment ends, I think, from from me. But but that's yes. it. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. You, you have to hand it to him. He really does love the music. Yeah, I mean, he, he sucks does. at it. But he, he, this is something he cares about quite deeply. And um, I wish he would just stop owning a basketball team and focused on his his art. Uh, I mean, he he could make he could make these records without the money, and and he, honestly, I mean, uh, you know, they don't sound like they're made by the greatest session musicians on earth. <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> At least not this album. No, these guys are clear. They've put many children and grandchildren through college on this gravy train. And I think after yeah. 15 years, they may have reached the phoning it in stage. I mean, I've always said about my bandmates uh, uh, in Spencer and Timeshare that uh, they're slumming it with me because they're all like better musicians than the material I give them. Um, uh, and I think that this is like that exploded that idea. <laughs> that idea is just blown up. With this. Um, if James Dolan has about the song Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, no, go for it. I'm just. Uh, if you're curious about the songwriting process, Mark Copley says it goes all different ways. Sometimes we write solo, sometimes as a joke, as a group. Uh, <laughs> usually, we all start jamming on it, and our frontman Jim sits down and writes the lyrics. There you go. <laughs> I gotta say, speaking of that harmonica, uh, yeah, the the. 
you know, I, I, I thought this was a blues rock Me band. too. Uh, That's the first I thing I... Absolutely, I've, yes. <laughs> everyone always calls it blues, and this is the least bluesy thing I've ever heard in my entire Me life. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I mean, there is, a, there is at least one James Dolan track that involves a kazoo. We didn't even get that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, didn't he set the, the world record for people playing kazoo at the same yeah, time? Yeah, he had 100 people on stage with him, and I'm pretty sure it was at Radio City Music Hall playing the kazoo when he, when he rocked out at the venue he owns. You know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> I, I've been sitting on it, but now it's time to say. Uh, I'll read the Wikipedia page, and then we'll get into the this album track by track. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Thank you, everyone. Buckle in. This is going to be a one. JD and the Straight one. Shot is the country blues and roots rock vanity project of its frontman and guitarist. <laughs> Cable Vision Systems uh, Corporation CEO and Madison Square Garden Company Executive Chairman James L. Dolan. Because of his corporate status and his friendship and business relationship with entertainment executive Irving Azoff, Dolan has been able to leverage J.D. and the Straight Shot onto shows by The Eagles, The Allman Brothers Band, ZZ Top, Jewel, Keith Urban, The Dixie Chicks, Joe Walsh, and Robert Randolph. Attendance Can, by... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just pause for one second. Uh, I actually have an Irving Azoff anecdote here. Oh, yeah, let's do um, it. <laughs> <laughs> back, in, back in 2014, I was trying to report out a story about the Knicks uh, that I only I had from a, a single... That I had... Uh, that I wasn't able to confirm uh, enough to get it into print, um, which is upsetting to me because it was a good blog. But, um, but uh, I did manage to get... Irving Azog's email to ask him about this, um, and uh, an editor asked at, at, at a site asked him for comment, and Irving Azog like spent five paragraphs questioning my integrity and and my journalistic credentials for even daring to ask such a question. So, <laughs> that's so he's 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 uh, you know he's got a, a tough skin is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was he got very very mad on email at me for <laughs> for even for broaching this for, for for even broaching this subject and, and in retrospect it was probably too early to reach out to Azov for comment for this story <laughs> but God. or whether it was even necessary to reach out to him but um but you know I was uh, I was a little green a greener green around the gills at that point so less than I love it I love it good old Azov uh, Irving Azoff and James Dolan just sold the forum in Los yeah. Angeles for four hundred million dollars. By yeah. the way, you all you all know the the story behind that as well, right? The, I mean, it's just because James Dolan had a bunch of harassment lawsuits stopping the Clippers yeah. from building an arena, right? And he just fought yeah, his way he, out by. He also yeah, he, he bought, also he, tried to bankroll a super unpopular. Inglewood City Council candidate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and where all the donations and- came from James Dolan <laughs> and they got wiped out in that election. And <laughs> an non-existent like grassroots campaign got formed to back the candidate and everyone oh, yeah. in the community was like, wait, this is this is bullshit. What the fuck is this? This has nothing to do with us. And, so he's yeah. astroturfing too. I love this guy. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. And here's the best part. When the New York Daily News reported out this story and he has a long history of being mad online at the new york daily news 
And by the way, that 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 anger at the Daily News is uh, is quite present in the title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he. Um, he had again the the geniuses running the Madison the New York Knicks PR Twitter account the Knicks mind you for a story about him bankrolling a fake grassroots astroturf campaign and unpopular candidate in order to make sure that the forum remained a viable venue and wasn't blown out of the water by this monstrosity that Balmer is building. Uh. He had the Knicks Twitter account issue a denial and then in the tweet posted two headshots from obscure trunk employees with their name on it who had nothing Jesus to do Christ with, who had nothing to do with the story just to put just to just to fuck with them just to be yeah. like maybe these people will get harassed for this story <laughs> um yeah so the mayoral candidate uh Dolan spent a million dollars and he got 18% of the vote <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that deserves a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, real kingmaker, this guy. <laughs> Attendance by Madison Square Garden staff employees, quote, is expected and noted, unquote, <laughs> when the group plays at New York clubs. <laughs> oh. There are so oh. many words not spoken uh, behind, <laughs> behind that noted there. <laughs> the group's song... Can't Make Tears was on the soundtrack of the TV show Hell on Wheels on the cable channel AMC, which is controlled by oh. Dolan and his family. <laughs> um, one, other, one other anecdote regarding the whole noting thing. For years, uh, af- there was years ago, there was a story that came out. This is 2001 about the Knicks attending Bible study classes. And everyone thought it was going to be, or at least Dolan thought it was going to be a, a nice puff piece about the, the, the good Christian Knicks. And while they were discussing their Bible study habits, one of them on a Palm pilot, just to give you an idea of what era we're talking about here, <laughs> brought up, brought up some Bible verses. Two Knicks did this at, to basically insinuate that the Jews killed Christ. Oh, right. <laughs> That's yeah. Charlie Ward. <laughs> that was Charlie Ward, former Florida State quarterback, and Alan Heisman Houston. Trophy winner. <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner. And Alan Houston, who currently serves as a high-ranking member of the Knicks front office. Mm-hmm. And in any case, this, uh, according to sources, that was the thing that got Dolan incredibly mad at the press and turned them into his mortal enemy. So from then on, anytime there was an interview with a ball player and a reporter – a member of the Knicks PR team would be present and take notes, not just on what the player said, but on the kind of questions that the reporter was asking. I, I, I also know this because I did, uh, I wrote a story for Vice back in 2013 about the Knicks media policy in which that has been described by one New York tabloid beat reporter as a gulag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I wrote the story. I talked to a bunch of the beat guys. I went to media day. I spoke to the head of public relations. And five minutes after the story was posted online, the head of public relations began texting around to various beat guys asking why they talked to me. <laughs> Whoa. Astonish- I mean, astonishing. The group's music, the group's music has also been featured in films including Hurricane Season, August Osage County, and Butter, all of which were produced by the Weinstein Company, a corporate <laughs> business partner of Dolan's Madison Square Garden Company. Can I can I say I would have led with August Osage County? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. It's a, bo- that's it's a, a beloved that's a Portland picture. Play. Come on, yeah. <laughs> 
The group's fifth album, Ballyhoo, sold only 113 copies in the first four months of, <laughs> after its January 2016 release. And now I just uh, now I have to stop you there because I, w- knowing everything I know so far about James Dolan, I mean Donald Trump Jr. got on the number one on the bestseller list mm-hmm. from what buying his own fucking book or something. Why didn't this happen? For Ballyhoo. Well, what I want to. I want to ask you a question about album <laughs> sales, Spencer. Um, okay, I can't wait. I can't wait to be the foremost authority on. No, no, sales. but that's but that's kind of that's kind of my point. Like, you are not a billionaire. You are no. uh, basically individually releasing your own albums, which are all very, very much... good, and everyone should buy it. Yeah, they're really oh, thanks. fun. Um, thanks. You've sold. More, have you ever sold an album, uh, sold more than 113 copies in four months? Uh, you know what? I would say that sounds about like the most I would have sold because I, I don't market myself. Right. <laughs> I'm not good at marketing. I'm not good at marketing myself. I, I, I wait for people like, um, Joey Devine to text me and say, do you want to be on my basketball podcast for me to say like, uh, yeah, please. Can you mention my band? That would be great. Um, uh, that's pretty much how I market myself. Um, so you know, 113 copies feels like a good a good number for for a, a non marketed person <laughs> like me. I'm just astonished at that number just because I like I, I feel he was probably just thinking like I mean what what do they say about the fifth month like did is that when the sales went up because, like because again like he has to be buying his own shit like why why else? I don't yeah, understand. He, I'm confused. He, it's like in this particular situation. Yeah. No, it's just I never thought that. Like, why didn't he juice his own album sales by buying them in bulk? <laughs> why? That seems like that seems like a you know? serious oversight on his part. It does. <laughs> but it, he, he seems to, to be able to do anything similar. So why wouldn't he? To me, it feels like he wants it to be organically popular. Yeah, that, that like, sounds right. Like it's okay, it's okay that he forces himself onto a touring bill with the Eagles because that's gonna that's gonna lead to people authentically discovering the music. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. Buying I guess, you know, the, the buying the album himself that would be cheating. Like oh, the yeah. opening act thing, he probably sees that as some sort of bootstraps like uh, style <laughs> story where he's like, "Well, you know, we're gonna headline here someday, but we got to start somewhere. We got to pay uh, our dues." Yeah, right. And so we're starting we start with opening for op- the Eagles. Opening for the Eagles at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> the comp the the. <laughs> The venue that I basically own. Yeah. yeah. There, there's there's a kind of integrity there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all like him standing out. Like, again, like like the straight shot thing. Like, I don't, I don't know if I have the answer for why it's the straight shot instead of the straight shots. But I feel like the straight shots is a little more anonymous. Uh, and so I think all of this is about him trying to stand out as a musician. Like, he really does want to. The group's sixth album, Good Luck and Good Night, was released on September 15th, 2017. The New York Times has described the band as a group of, quote, well-known sidemen backing a karaoke-grade singer, unquote. Oh, oh, oh that left a mark. <laughs> yeah, savage. That's like savage. That's like pitchfork-level mean. Ooh. Yep. And noted that Dolan's... Quote, musical talents are unlikely to endanger his day job, unquote. 
After the group's performance opening for ZZ Top, one reviewer wrote that Dolan's, quote, enthusiasm for playing mediocre American rock did little to make their forgettable performance entertaining, unquote. <laughs> I will say, literally nothing can threaten his day job, apparently. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, the, all right, look, just as a side note, for as, as badly as, as, as bad as he is at his, at his main job, in terms of making a good basketball team, the Knicks have been either the most profitable or the second most profitable team every year that they have that, yeah. that Forbes has come out with their rankings. Oh, yeah. Like, like TLDR, because he owns the cable network that broadcasts the Knicks. Like, as one economist said to explain it to me, like the Knicks only exist so that the Madison Square Garden network has programming. Mm-hmm. And bundled cable fees make up a huge chunk of, of Madison Square Garden network, the Madison Square Garden company's bottom line. Like it is granted, it is a it is very, very difficult for him not to make money doing this the last 20 years. But he hasn't failed at that. So, you know, he's, <laughs> he's profitable not to not to validate market capitalism or anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, we we're not here to do that. No, I mean, well, round ball rock honey is here to do that. We do that a lot. Um, <laughs> Look, we live in a society okay. that is kind of yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear where you guys stand politically. Yeah, I call me that. Joker. All right, after a 2017 <laughs> <laughs> after a 2017 show in New York City, another reviewer observed that Dolan quote. Sings like he's trying not to cough, and it's possible he can't play the guitar. Worse. (laughs) I'm going to say likely. (laughs) Worse, his songs belie his status as a cosplaying blues man. Most of his lyrics simply summarize current events or books that he's read as if... I'm telling you, I'm telling you. As if, or books books that he's read, as if he were presenting a 10th grade English class project, unquote. And that's a high grade, that's a high grade. (laughs) 10th is high. Yeah, you gotta read like fucking Tristram Shandy in the 10th grade and shit. (laughs) Try summarizing that, motherfucker. And that is the last uh, sentence in the JD in the Street shot. I can't Wikipedia wait to talk page. about this record. Can we please talk yes. about this record? Yeah, let's get yes. to it. All right. It. So there are 11 tracks, two covers. It ends on covers, which is really uh, a weird <laughs> struggle. Honestly, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I would have maybe um, mixed some of the sugar to get the medicine to go down. <laughs> but you know were... what that is, though. I'll think. I, I think so. I think about album track lists. Uh, I, I compare them to al- the live set list sometimes, as like you know, kind of like sometimes an ideal album track list is similar to a live set. And I and I feel like not, it doesn't always, but sometimes, um, uh, depending on the bands uh, or artists. And I feel like with James Dolan. He's probably thinking of this like a live set because if you're James Dolan, you close with the fucking covers. Mm-hmm. You do it. <laughs> yeah, right. You just do it because if you leave them with an original, no one is happy. You you, <laughs> you, you got to end on something. You got to end on something. 
So well, I, I think that makes sense, at least if you're thinking of it as a set list. We'll, I don't I don't know if that was the theory. But. We'll get to the two covers as we go through this. Um, but let's start with the first track. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's the title track. <laughs> uh, it's called The Great Divide. Um, mm-hmm. And it is 100% about being a Trump supporter who lives in Manhattan. Yep. <laughs> yep. Here are so here are my notes. I, I took these notes. My no, my notes aren't like super long, so I can just kind of go through sure. all of them. I think on on each track, um, mm. but I tried to cover all my all my most prominent thoughts about each song with these pithy comments. Oh, oh wait, let me play. Um, hold on, before we do that, I should play a uh, a, a lick. Yeah, I should play <laughs> a segment of each of these songs. So, oh, I was wondering if you were going to do that. Yeah, okay, I got to put them in in post. But yes, uh, here is a segment of the first track, The Great Divide. I know you care and it feels unfair, but all this hate will never repair. The Great Divide, and everybody's taking sides. Instead of closing it tighter, we're making it wider. The Great Divide, everybody thinks they're right. How can everyone all right spencer what are your thoughts i went back and, and noted that jd sounds like an untrained auto-tuned willie nelson um, <laughs> that that was my kind of like summary of his general vocal performance throughout the record starting with this song um but the very first thought of course is Oh, is this The Chain by Fleetwood Mac? That's uh-huh. the, the immediate thought I had. Um, and they didn't, they, you know, the lyrics are different in melody. So that's the only real difference, um, in the <laughs> verses from that, the song The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Um, and then the chorus came in and I was like, what is this? Amy Mann? I don't hate this actually. Oh no. Like, wow. like the, like the chorus. I should say, I'm not talking about the lyrics right now. I'm not talking about the lyrics. <laughs> but mu- musically, I was like, the, the chord changes in the first, like, like the first few chord changes in the chorus with the harmonies and stuff, I was like, this sounds kind of like uh, a song Amy Mann would uh, uh, create in her sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not the most unlistenable thing. And the song itself is a little bit catchy to me. Um, wow, as well. Uh, that said, uh, we do have to talk about the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> and, and again, all these notes, I don't, I don't, I didn't know anything about James Dolan except the, <laughs> his ownership of the Knicks and what was on this Wikipedia page mm-hmm. that we just uh, went through. Um, so I got it. I had a sense of his character, but, uh, I didn't, I don't know a lot about him or I, I didn't. Now I do. Um, and I wrote down, uh, both sides coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. How can everyone be so sure when no one's got the cure? That's a line from the song. It is, yeah, uh, yeah. from the chorus. <laughs> and I and I wrote, "What is this? The New York Times? Who is he? <laughs> Maggie Haberman?" <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Those are my complete notes on the title, All right. the title track. So those are your uh, those are our unbiased uh, music experts notes. Uh, uh-huh. Bob, why don't you give us the Knicks fans' take on this right. song? Well, first of all, I, I'd just like to say that um, 
I, because I, I, I don't subscribe to Spotify. First, I tried um, <laughs> to borrow Joey's account, mm-hmm. and that didn't work for some reason. <laughs> he gave me the he gave me the password and everything, but I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> then we realized that all these fine jams are available on YouTube. So I said, okay, well that's that's a lot easier. Let me just go rather than sign up for a trial Spotify account and. To listen to this song, I made the mistake of clicking on the official music video. <laughs> which, oh, oh I, I I have watched that as well. <laughs> I thought about doing I, that. I didn't do it. I'm, I'm yeah, I, after one video, I could not do that again. <laughs> um, the thing is, like, it opens with him sort of swaying back and forth gently and doing the sort of white man's dance overbite thing. Mm-hmm. And that really just, I just, that was a, a, an image I don't need to have <laughs> in my brain. Like he's biting with his top teeth on his lower lip. Like his eyes are closed and he's sort of gently swaying back and forth and rocking his hands. And that was uh. just one of the, that was, <laughs> it was, it was just, it was awful, awful, bad. It's difficult to picture, even just picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and again, like we we got into this a little before, but this entire thing is him being pissed off at the tabloids calling him a dipshit yeah, for twenty uh-huh. years. Uh-huh. The entire song is just like, well, if the tabloids call me a dipshit, and clearly I'm not, then I guess knowledge is not knowable. <laughs> <laughs> See, I say for sure. See, I got that part, but I also so much of this song to me is about like it's like both sidesism, you know what I yes. mean? <laughs> Where it's like you got to hear both sides about why we should build a wall. Yeah, right. It's like yeah, on on the one hand, some people are standing up for humanity. On the other hand, <laughs> some people are standing up for something else <laughs> yeah well and but it's it's like a weird plea for unity that is actually yes. just a plea for people to stop being mad at him yeah yes <laughs> yeah yes it is, it is it's not like it's not anything about like why people are good right <laughs> no no it, it's it's yeah it's like it's like oh we're just fighting we're always fighting and that and i definitely got a sense of the you know I don't know if he mentions the press. I don't remember he mentioning the press in the lyrics, but he very well might. Uh, oh, he I definitely, definitely does several times. Yeah, because, <laughs> because I definitely came away with a sense that he is talking about the press. And every, anyone who wants to write a song about the press's, uh, you know, inability to to accurately, like the press at large their inability to accurately portray a subject, uh, you know, there's definitely some ulterior motive to that <laughs> message. Pretty much even if, 100% even if you thought that of the was time. A good, like, if you, even if, like, fucking thought that was a decent subject for a fucking song and you're not, like, you know, what's the guy who wrote the Made in the USA, the, the God Bless the USA song? Lee uh, Greenwood? Yeah, Lee <laughs> yeah, Greenwood could have written this song very easily. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the, the, lyrics that, the lyric that popped out to me, though, was, to, and this is directed at the press, won't say you're sorry, but wish you, you'll wish you had. <laughs> oh, my God, song. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, that one really stood out. That was some ominous blood vengeance type shit. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I'm going to have to listen to this song again. I missed that. Uh, Sean, what are your feelings on The Great Divide? So when I first heard it, I thought, this is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. This would definitely be the worst song on the album. I don't feel wrong. that way anymore. I think there's it's, worse Yeah, songs. you're right. It is not the worst song. It is not the worst song. And, and is- again, I was surprised it wasn't like the blues. And I think the way I described it, somebody hired a bunch of session musicians, but also watched the first two seasons of Justified. <laughs> And not like not like the uh, not like the theme song, but just everything that like underlies uh, <laughs> just just any moment when um, you know you're you're going to a moonshine place like that's the kind of like it's like a little bit spooky yeah uh, and that was that was the heart behind it. But this one just like it, I, it definitely was like. He wrote this because his feelings were hurt because the Rockettes were mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote in my notes, I just have bad about fake news. <laughs> Trump? <laughs> Question mark? Those were my notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, Kid Rock could easily cover this, this, this track if he wanted to. So, yeah. um, Bob. Or no, yeah, Spencer. Sorry, Spencer. Uh, you yeah. said you graded each song. What grade did you give the Great Divide? <laughs> yeah, now I'm 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 now regretting doing this because I'm going to have to be honest and say yeah. what I actually graded the song. Uh, I graded it a B minus. I mean, this is graded on a curve. First off, yeah. This it, is a, I, and, this and is by a... the way, I by the way I did grade it on a curve, and that is the highest grade. Oh, here. great! <laughs> uh, any any track any no track is graded higher than B minus, and this is a B minus. Um. Bob. I actually, I, I will say, I found it like a little more offensive because of the the quality of the musicianship and percussion. <laughs> like, I found it more offensive because of that. Yeah, uh, Sean. Actually, let's do this, Sean. If this song were a famous New York Knicks fan, who would it be? <laughs> this song, a famous New York Knicks yeah. fan. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an answer. Okay. Go, go ahead. What's your answer? <laughs> it's Ethan Hawke. Uh, like, uh... <laughs> I didn't see Blaze. Did anyone see Blaze? No. The, I'm the, say, the, the Ethan Hawke directorial uh, uh, film. I will. I will one where say... like Ethan Hawke is a famous uh, down on his luck uh, country folk singer. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, I didn't see, see that see movie though. No, but that feels uh, right all of a sudden. I guess if I had to pick someone, I would say Adam Sandler, but only his private text messages. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and uh, Bob, what New York, what what New York Nick does this song most remind you of? Oh God, um, <laughs> this song this song reminds me of 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 New York Nick great Cole Aldrich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a <laughs> While not in any way a good basketball player, he's a guy who I actually thought in my weird delusion could be a valuable backup. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is like the, the account Bootum, which I recommend you follow on Twitter, put together an entire two minute mix of Cole Aldrich lumbering six foot ten uh, crew cutted 
player out of Kansas missing hook shots by like two feet, <laughs> like not even coming close to the basket. I also thought he would be good coming out of college. By the way, on this podcast, yeah. our former co-host Dave Schilling exclusively refers to him as uh, Stone Cold Cole Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, if he were, if this song were a New York Knicks fan, I think it would be a uh, uh, former uh, Sopranos cast member Steve Sharippa <laughs> is is my my choice there. All right, um, let's move Just on. Just lumbering to... and fat, but somehow weirdly appealing. Yeah, like sorta charming, sorta yeah. like could, this song could for sure host the reboot of the best damn sports show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's move on to our second song. Uh, it's called "Dead Men Tell No Tales," and here. Is a clue. No lie spotted. That's that's <laughs> true. I've been collecting dead man's bones in my locker in the sea. He offered me a private tour. Now I wish I'd known. You better think before you dream with a man named David Jones. All right, Spencer, let's go to you, our music expert. How did you feel about <laughs> Dead Men Tell No Tales? Uh, this song is definitely about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and, and I thought that immediately, you know, that ending of the Wikipedia page rang through my, my head as soon as this song came on. Um, which uh, just as a reminder it says uh, his lyrics simply summarize current events or books that he's read as if he were presenting a 10th grade English class project uh, yeah I, but uh, but I, I that's what it is it's got to be right he's yeah. talking about Davy Jones I love the line he offered me a private tour that's like a classic that's a classic like I'm writing literature like through song <laughs> kind of phrase, turn of phrase. Um, like he's it, 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 boring chorus. I got vibes of like Hank Williams, the third, but like approximately a thousand times worse. Like I really, like, <laughs> I really like Hank Williams, the third, actually, if anyone isn't familiar with Hank three, he's a maniac. He, uh, <laughs> he, he's a maniac. He's, he's a metal drummer. Uh, he's like a, he's like a death metal drummer, but he's nice. also, a, you know, a, a songwriter and, and guitarist. And he's made, he's made everything from like straightforward, uh, hard edge country rock to uh, albums where he plays death metal drums to the sound of cattle auctioneers for 80 minutes straight. Um, he's a complete nut job, but that's a tangent. Uh, he has made a pretty good record uh, where he does kind of sea shanties and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like that, but uh, way worse, like like no personality. Uh, and, and of course, it's a classic way to start and end uh, a song with like a plaintive, like, chorus with harmonies where they sing dead men tell no tales you see that's why you've never heard of me of me yeah. <laughs> just and it's like ghost story the ghost is singing at you except i i don't think he's really thought about the logic of this because <laughs> because 
if dead men do in fact tell no tales, uh-huh. what are we doing here? <laughs> what is this first person narrative? <laughs> Come on, James, get it together. Uh, any other notes on this, Spencer? No, that, no. I, I, I this don't know one? if you're waiting for my, my no, letter no, grade, no. but it's a, that's a C minus. <laughs> Uh, Bob, what did you think of Dead Men Tell No Tales? Um, I, I, I'd just like to preface it again with the fact that I was watching this on YouTube. So, um, <laughs> I, before the track played, I got an ad for the Epic Times. Uh-huh. Which, oh, no! If, <laughs> which, if you're unfamiliar, oh, is God. an incredibly MAGA, pro-MAGA uh, <laughs> newspaper. That Gosh, why would they think that was appropriate for a JD and the Straight Shot fan? <laughs> yeah, well, did you get a, did you get a Shen Yun ad with your next one? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Um, but the, the, the Epic Times was also run by an obscure uh, Chinese religious sect, and there's like basically they make their some of their reporters live in shared housing, and it's 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 all it's it's literally the most insane conspiracy, uh, one of the more insane and conspiratorial of the pro MAGA actual newspapers. Um, but yeah. in any, I think that. I, I really don't think that was a JD and the Straight Shot specific ad. I think that's more indicative of my own beshitted YouTube search history than anything else. Um, the thing I kept thinking about, and I know it's not a direct one to one comparison, but every time this was playing, I kept thinking of the 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 plea, the Hey Mister Kennedy song from Inside Llewyn Davis. Oh yeah. <laughs> Except like, there's no Adam Driver popping up and going outer. <laughs> Which, if he like, if they'd had an Adam Driver type come in and go, dead men tails, it would have really picked up the whole. Thing. Yeah, that does. You know, it does have the vibe of uh, a fake band when when yes. you think about it. Like, <laughs> like it sounds like it, this. I does mean, sound they like are a, a fake band, right? Yes. But they're but they're not at the same time, which is crazy. Like, like. You know, JD and the Straight Shot could easily be like, uh, you know, I know I feel I feel like Blaze is based on a real person, so I'm not going to go with that one. But it's Crazy like Heart, Steve, Crazy Heart. I think it, it is. It is. It's not Steve Earle. It's someone in the Steve Earle. It's someone who passed away recently. That was in the. There was a profile of Ethan Hawke in the New York Times that talked about this extensively, but yeah. But yeah, I think I think this this band is like if Crazy Heart was like if we were living in the movie Crazy Heart. Mm-hmm. This is like that situation uh for my notes this is the first song where i would say that the first i described the first three songs on this album as uh being if 90s clapton were writing the theme song to deadwood <laughs> um, <laughs> the acoustic stuff, yeah, yeah, like, the, yeah, yeah, like that, like my father's, like if my father's eyes was also the theme song to Deadwood. <laughs> that that song is an A plus compared to all of these. Oh, of songs course, obviously. Um, well, the the other thing is that Eric Clapton has the decency to actually work with black musicians. <laughs> <laughs> If, if I if I don't if I get off this call and and immediately turn on uh, "Change the World" by Eric Clapton, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll be a, I'll be a happier person. Uh, and then I just basically wrote like I wrote just the word "Davy Jones?" Question mark. Uh-huh. I do think it's. 
like <laughs> Sean <laughs> Sean, what are your notes on track two, Dead Men Tell No Tales? Um well first the the main the first thing I wrote down was just uh acapella exclamation point exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, no it good. It felt very bold. Um for some reason I get I found Look, this is not the most offensive percussion on this album. Mm-hmm. No. But once it started, I just I I wrote down drums. Oh no! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did think it was about pirates, but you're you're completely right that it is about him seeing the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. because I, I don't think it is because otherwise it's it it could have been directly inspired by the ride, but it's not. <laughs> it's not like any history or literature or a book. It is no either the Disney World ride because he didn't go. He doesn't go all the way to Disneyland. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's the movie. I think it's like he'd seen the movie. Someone came up with this song, and he's like, "Guys, let me go with this." I love it. Um, you heard Davy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard about that bad, bad man, Davy Jones. He means he means Davy Jones from the Monkees. That's who he's referring yeah, yeah. to. <laughs> um, he, I was really he, into he the Monkees when I was a world kid. World I loved the Monkees. The Monkees are good. Cool. We all yeah, like the Monkees. Um, so Spencer, you gave it a C minus, right, or was it a yep. C plus? All right. No, uh, C minus. C minus. <laughs> C minus. Sean. What famous New York Knicks fan is the song Dead Men Tell No Tales? Honestly, it's it's about the rare times that uh, Jimmy Goldstein, NBA <laughs> See, I thought it was about Kevin Bacon. Uh, <laughs> because this song is very, uh, like, what it, it's like a, a song the Bacon Brothers bands threw away. You know what I mean? This is, this oh, is I can, Kevin I Bacon's. I can say he's like Dead Men Tell No Tales. He's actually talking about Bernie Madoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is about Kevin Bacon's role in the movie R.I.P.D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob. Yes, I have seen R.I.P.D. Uh, Bob, what famous, what uh, New York Knicks player is Dead Men Tell No Tales? <laughs> uh, for me, uh, we're going to get a lot of bad Caucasian backup Knicks bigs in this. So just everyone gird your lines in that. For me, this is this is the one of the players I hated the most during his one year in the Knicks, which is Jason Smith, uh-huh. um, oh. a, a, stre- a stretch power forward can't really shoot or defend at all yeah and and it's just kind of so useless and it was was, i think in one i think there is an article and i'm pretty sure it was a vice one where i described him as a a walking economy sized jar of expired mayonnaise (laughs) (laughs) he's apparently like a He's apparently like a really notably nice teammate in the locker room. I'm sure and he is. Career doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's it lasted forever. Keep people yeah. kept thinking like, oh well, this could be the year this like dude out of Fresno State puts it all together. He's just proof that like if you're white and fast, you can stay in the NBA for a really yeah, long he was, time because that was his only skill. Three pointers. His only yeah. skill was that he was like 
pretty fast for a white guy. <laughs> and all the girls say I'm pretty fast for a white guy. Yeah, he's a, he's oh, a God. 33% three-point shooter. I wish you had yeah. played that on the harmonica, Bob. All right. Uh, <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> uh, track three, it must be the night... Or it must be night, sorry, not the night. It must be <laughs> night. Uh, let's hear a little bit of that from JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> As I had my day, now it must be night. Must be night. All right, Spencer, on to you. Tell us about uh, It Must Be Night. I will be shocked if you guys have almost anything to say about this song. I wrote down... I wrote no. Down, re, I wrote down really boring. Train beat. Sure. Why not? Another stupid chanting part. Uh, and I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't like it. Uh, that's my feeling about this great song, It Must Be Night by J.D. and Space this is a, I believe this is a Mark Copley solo songwriting mm-hmm. effort. Oh, good. See, that makes a lot of this sense is, to me. because I think that's why it's not like... that interesting, because I don't think James Dolan wrote the lyrics to this one. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. It sounds like just some, like, I, like, I wrote down the turn of phrase, like, I've had my day, now it must be night. And I was like, you know what? That is, like, the base level of cleverness that you would expect from, like, someone who's actually like studied lyric writing mm-hmm. like but it's not good right. or interesting <laughs> it, it, it's it's just like it just it just lays there you know and it's like that's what happens uh when when somebody who's a pro is brought brought like brings their like secret material to the jd and the straight shot practice <laughs> bob what did you think I- of it must be night yeah, this is when I started to stop listening to the songs all the way through. Um, <laughs> I was it's right around here. Um, I, my only you did note, not I, need to in this case. Yeah, my only thought was I never want to hear about horny teenage James Dolan again in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. To me, is not like him talking about his fifteen-year-old thirst was just <laughs> unpleasant. Um, I wrote, uh, first inoffensive song, question mark. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also, I was surprised that it took this long for the banjo to become prominent on one of these songs. This is the first, like, like, banjo. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are songs where you're like, huh, I feel like I should be hearing the banjo more on the first two, and then this one's real banjo forward. <laughs> Sean, what did you think of It Must Be Night? Um, I found it really boring mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> um, and it was like... I'm it it is it is it makes a lot of sense that it is not a James Dolan original because the the description of something happening at night was not necessarily like inherently troubling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this was the point where I gave up on there being actual blues on this album. I'm like, well, I guess it's just gonna be about like 
the Starbucks coffee house Ozarks. <laughs> like, like, like music to skin a possum to. You know, like that's what it yeah. Uh Sean, what famous New York Knicks fan is It Must Be Night? I'm going to send you guys a picture to Ooh. chat right now. I like art. Uh, explaining who this uh, who this guy is, but uh, is this going to work? Actually, hold on. Hold I'll, on. Th- I'll go mine with mine yeah, go, while you're go doing yours. Uh, mine is Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria doing a very bad, very like borderline offensive accent. Just like uh, you know, famous but not that famous, uh, offensive but not that offensive. You know, never the most memorable thing in anything he's in. Uh, (laughs) Hank Azaria. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I thought it was also like it would be a fake Knicks fan. Mm Hmm. And uh, the one I went with was Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I saw that. Too. <laughs> uh, Bob. Oh, sorry, uh, Spencer. Actually, what grade oh, do you give that, Dead Man? Or yeah. uh, it must be night. It must be night. Gets a round C, just like <laughs> straight down uh, the middle. Sounds C grade right. composition <laughs> performance. Bob, what Nick is? Uh, it must be night. Uh, to me, this is uh, New York Knicks backup power forward center uh, for a couple of years, Lou Admondson. Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Great warrior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> quality warrior, quality Phoenix Sun, a, a hustle big with no discernible skills beyond the ability to grow a ponytail. Um, <laughs> but it was a real tiny ponytail. It was. It was really more of a man bun. Than yeah. He was a guy that definitely seemed like he was a Euro, but he's actually from, like, Los Angeles, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. almost like, he, like a samurai haircut, almost. Yeah. It really, yeah. It's, it's like a guy who, 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 like, unironically says, I studied the blade. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Time for track four, and I have a lot to say about this one. Invisible! <laughs> Let's hear that. Put on that dress that looks so good on you. It's on my mind to have a time tonight with you. With you. Let's start with Spencer. Spencer, please tell me what you thought of the, uh, okay. in my opinion, the worst song on the album, I think. Wow, okay. So <laughs> I can see exactly why you would say that, though it's not my pick for the worst song on the album. Um, I think the reason why I wouldn't choose it as the worst song is because of my comment note noted here. This could be musically simpler. Like... <laughs> They, they 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 didn't they didn't really they kind of progged it up a little bit like uh-huh. it's like to to the to the most basic level but still like there's some surprising chord and harmony changes like in the first like couple minutes of the song it it, it takes it takes a a weaving path a winding path mm-hmm. um, melodically uh, that said. Um, 
I also wrote it slips in and out of a sort of low-key psychedelic vibe. It kind does. Of fair- it has like yeah. a fake Beatles-y yeah, sort of I wrote- Oh, guys, you're, you're jumping on my only like actual musical note because I wrote like, are they riffing off like mid-60s Beatles here? Is that <laughs> well, what they're doing? Yeah, kind of. I wrote kind of like fairport convention-y a little bit like <laughs> some, something something like it, it sounds kind of like one of these british folk bands of the late 60s where like it was you were supposed to do something vaguely psychedelic so you do it um but it, but what well, i was surprised that that language showed up anywhere on this record considering what the first three tra- tracks mm-hmm. sounded like and what i thought i was gonna get um he did sing the line Put on that dress that looks good on you, which is a horrifying thing to say. And his fucking voice on this one. This one to me was where his his voice first really becomes a detriment because it's also (laughs) a love song. I wrote that. Uh, It the this is the first song that made me want to puke. Uh, I wrote I wrote this singing style does not suit JD. I also and I also said. I also thought to myself, this has another, and, and Sean, I appreciate how often you, you were thinking about the drums on this record, yeah. because I wrote, this has another 90s style adult contemporary pop beat, uh, which is like, it's so, cla- it's such a classic group of autopilot session musicians mm-hmm. thing uh-huh. to have this be what this sounds like. Like this song can't pick a, a lane, uh, for even 15 seconds and like because it it's just kind of people playing what they they just kind of cobbled something together mm-hmm. on a assi- uh, like you know on assignment from the the big man uh it does not sound like the the collective joy of a band that has been <laughs> you know the gr- great friends for decades or whatever the fuck that that said uh but I, but I did think of Jefferson Airplane um not organically but when you mentioned it in the uh yeah. in the press in the in the press release uh jefferson airplane came up and that's definitely the song that they're talking about uh, when they mentioned that um bob so, yeah. what oh, yeah. oh do you have any more spencer any more thoughts no, on this no one? no okay. that's the music that's yeah. the music <laughs> what's the grade spence well no we'll do that oh, last but oh, we'll do that later okay uh what uh, yeah i only i i got i got very bored listening to this but i was just the only thing i thought was wait is this the beatles are they <laughs> is that what this is here or is it like uh I, I i have very few notes here aside from is this the beatles and then i wrote down the lyric we own the night oh go fuck yourself yeah <laughs> my my notes for this one i wrote love song yuck <laughs> yeah absolutely it's revolting. like a sex song too kind yeah of. yeah i also wrote absolutely revolting his voice is fucking horrible ugh yep. sitar <laughs> and this is like a vh1 song from 1997 uh, yep. It reminded me of like a Sean Mullins song. I don't know if you remember uh-huh. that guy. Um, I do. Yeah, he's the I do. Yeah. gonna be alright. Yeah. Uh, it's no good. It's no good. It's like it's kind. Of, it's kind of, it sounds kind of like he's like. Uh, it's like a love slash sex song because it's like. Uh, it's 
the telling of like a date like i guess he's going on a date because yeah. it starts with him telling her to put on a dress that looks good yeah and then they do it and then they become invisible together because they own the night and it's like they also are flying i believe disgusting yeah it's like <laughs> fucking gross I have, I have to tell you upon second listen i became convinced that this this sexy song is actually about um, James Dolan just masturbating while watching take off. Like, and then I'm like, oh, that's why he's invisible. It's like, I don't know if it's a Louis C.K. situation or if he's hiding in a closet. But to me, this is like, I like maybe he's receiving like like instructions from this mm-hmm. woman on how to masturbate. But for me. <laughs> this was definitely James Dolan. Like when he when he says in the second line, talks about making a mess. That was the point where. I, like, <laughs> oh yeah! Oh really Jesus! To throw up. Um, uh, I still did not find this the most disgusting sexual song on the album, and I would rate it only third worst. Third. Worst. You know, James Dolan throughout the years has also you know, despite being loathed. By pretty much every Knicks fan, um, he still goes and sits in the front row to watch the games mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, the most famous incident being like when, on a side note, there was a report that came out that years later turned out to be apocryphal that so, that Kevin Garnett had said to Carmelo Anthony during a game to taunt him. He had said, "Your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios." Uh huh. It, <laughs> this story it turned out to be, but James Dolan was worried about this, and he decided that the only way to deal with because it, it couldn't be proven, it was back and forth. Da, 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 Mello's wife evidently said it was not true. Yeah, but what James Dolan did was he hired a guy to sit in the stands wearing a holding a directional microphone. And this guy, you could ear- clearly pick out with it in a Madison Square Garden crowd. He had like dyed black hair uh-huh. and a goatee, <laughs> and was wearing like a black T-shirt and black jeans, and just sitting there in the like down courtside, pointing a directional mic at Carmelo Anthony wherever he went, so that they could record any and all trash talk that he received. Mm-hmm. Oh um, my god. The the other thing that James about James Dolan and speaking that of man his, was Mark Copley, guitarist, <laughs> yeah. vocalist, producer of JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing is that when he does sit courtside, James Dolan often likes to have very attractive young women by his side, uh-huh. like fifty years younger than him, forty years younger than him, women. James Dolan is not married, nor does he have any a long-term girlfriend, at least that the tabloids. Well, we're have gonna ever get noted. into that. There's a reason it's for that that music, he, he talks about on a song much later, but keep going. Yeah, but like I, I for a while I, I was like there, there was a while I was kicking around and I was like, I want to interview the women who watched this game with James Dolan to ask them how they got there, what they felt about the experience and how much they were possibly paid to do so. Like there's, there's at least one shot with Dolan watching the game next to post Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes mm-hmm. for some reason. Oh my um, God. Yeah. She shows yeah. up on the lists of uh, celebrity Knicks fans sometimes yeah. purely because of that one photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think um, what, I think what you're trying to say is that uh, you, you, 
you're, what we're getting at here is you, you would ask one of these women how, how this w- evening went for them. Yes. And they would, they would sort of pause thoughtfully and they'd say, uh, have you ever listened to the song Invisible <laughs> from the album The Great Divide by JD and the Straight Show? It was kind of like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I wish I had been invisible, honestly. <laughs> All right, Sean, which famous Knicks fan is the song Invisible? This, to me, is a no-brainer. Uh, uh, to me, it's Louis C.K., baby. Oh. <laughs> video of him and uh, John Stark <laughs> celebrating a J.R. Smith buzzer beater. See, I, ha- <laughs> I had it as a famous rock man himself uh, and uh, also noted sex addict, David Duchovny. Oh, uh, this is Ooh, the, yeah. the David Duchovny <laughs> song. <laughs> Disturbingly good. That's uh, right, he is a big Knicks fan. And Spencer, what grade did you give Invisible? Oh, you know, I gave this a C plus, and that was before all of this wonderful context was given. So. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. And uh, Bob, yeah, what famous Nick is uh, the song Invisible? Famous. Famous being a relative term. Um, you know, it's not it, it, like it, it's tough. Uh, I don't think there's a Nick that is as like disgustingly horny and 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 uselessly. Uh, I'm, you know what I'm going to say? This song is Nick's player, not coach or owner or president, rather Phil Jackson. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil Jackson, I, I see that. the player. Um, Phil Jackson as a player was was uh, was. Uh, it, it could also very well be Knicks head coach Derek Fisher, though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Phil Jackson for the '60s vibe, but for me, it's Derek Fisher who reportedly one of the one of his failings as coach is that he would get distracted during the games by sending assistants to pass notes to the attractive women in the stands mm-hmm. um and then at in another incident was uh hooked up with the ex-wife of Matt Barnes mm-hmm. who then traveled to his ex-wife's home to try to beat the crap out of yeah. Derek Fisher. Didn't he By the also? Way, this was during. He left Nick's training camp to do this. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then didn't he also try and date a Nick's player's wife at one point? I believe <laughs> the, that's that true. was gossip. The gossip yeah. was is that he was hooking up with Tim Hardaway Jr.'s ex. Yeah. Uh huh. Not that's the skinny. <laughs> not confirmed. It also could be Nick's briefly Nick's interim coach Kurt Rambis mm-hmm. who. Who got busted for for liking liking porn, porn Twitter on Twitter? Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, and claimed, and then Nick's PR, the brilliance that uh, the the fucking dottiest brilliance of Nick's PR, publicly stated that Kurt Rambis's account had been hacked. Yeah. Um. All right. Now we have to talk about it. I think this is going to be the one we're going to talk about the most. Probably we've talked mm. about it on the show before. We've played this song in its entirety on the show before. Uh, it's track number five. Uh, the ode to Harvey Weinstein. I should have known. Uh, here <laughs> is a segment from that. I should have known, I should have known, I should have thrown myself across his tracks, stopped him from these vile attacks. I should have known, we believed and didn't see through the lies he told us all, that led him to his endless fall. I should have known, I should have known. 
right, Spencer. Uh, you had listened to this song before I told you it was about Harvey Weinstein. Do you want to? Yes. Uh... yes. No. You, you, I, I didn't know that it was about Harvey Weinstein when I listened to it. Um, I didn't know that he had written a song about that. I, I, I guess I, uh, I should have known. I mean, why? <laughs> he, he, he did. He would do that. Um, it, I mean, I have the lyrics here in front of me because it's the only song on the it's, album that it's the, I the tried lyrics... to find the lyrics for every track, and this is the only one with lyrics anywhere yeah, on the which, internet. Which I can understand why, because on Genius.com it says, this is James Dolan's musical apologia for his personal friendship with film producer Harvey Weinstein, which stretched back decades before the latter was widely accused of a pattern of sexual abuse during all that time. The song was released in August 2018 to widespread derision from music critics, sports risers, writers, film industry analysts, <laughs> and advocates for victims of sexual abuse. Um, and all this is to say, I, here's what my notes say. A famous guy with a lot of girls. Is this a hashtag me too song? Oh my <laughs> God, it's about Harvey Weinstein, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I amazingly managed to come to that conclusion on my own. Uh, I'm, very, I'm very pleased with myself. Well, um, I mean, no, I, usually these lyrics are uh, pretty indirect from yeah, James. Yeah, but, just, just lots of poetry and. <laughs> it's, it's crazy what's going on with these lyrics. Like it's really, <laughs> really crazy. Uh, he's the, the, it's a song about how he should have. The lyrics I wrote down are, I should have thrown myself across his tracks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Stopped him from these vile attacks. That's correct, yes. And I'm just like, what would you, what are you talking about doing? What are you, (laughs) what are you, what are you gonna do? What did you think you should have done? Citizens arrest? What are, what are you talking about? Like, this is so, it, it's an insane idea. Like, and the first verse is especially disgusting. Oh of course. my God. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. because he says, we talked for hours without end about his latest story, how to deal with fame and glory. All the girls who adored uh-huh. him catered to his every uh-huh. whim. Uh-huh. Nothing he could do lose. All he needs to do, needed to do was choose. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, what? So your your alternate history for what Harvey should have done here, rather than be a serial rapist, uh-huh. is is choose girls well, that wanted him. I, I settle down with one. Woman? I actually think okay. I not to defend James Dolan's <laughs> lyrics here. <laughs> I'm you know, that, I yeah. am serious but, I am about the Holocaust. But <laughs> I think that I think that's just poor lyricism in that that's what they were talking about. Like Harvey okay. Weinstein would like call him and be like, which one of these girls that love me should I choose? That's you know fair enough. Saying? Yeah, uh, I get where you're coming from there. Okay, yeah. I'm so I I will say save to <laughs> from these vile attacks does kind of sound like James Dolan is still complaining about newspapers. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but, and, but then as it keeps going, he says, stopped him. He uses the word stop in two different uh-huh. ways here. He should have stopped him from these vile attacks. But then later he also says, uh, all, uh, what of the others in some way, all my brothers sitting yeah, that- on the very top. 
could no, not God. hear the call to stop. This and to it's me, kind of like this verse is worse than that first <laughs> yeah. verse. I guess now that you think about it, I think about it. Yeah, it is worse because <laughs> because I'm I'm trying to understand again what he's trying to advocate for here. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's saying, "Listen, guys, just stop all this." Just yeah. stop doing it. Well, yes. Yeah. To, to stop me, what jerking he's... off into a house plant, or else I'm going to have to throw myself on you and stop you. To, to yeah, me, like what this... that lyric, what that this verse is saying is like, if only us and all our rich guy friends would known, we could have talked him into not doing this anymore. Yeah. Exactly. It's insane. <laughs> it's like it's like everyone's just like, oh man. It, you know, if you'd only just stop doing it, then everything will be fine. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, you know, a, a, raping someone is in already a crime. Like, mm-hmm. it's not about like, just stop doing it and everything will be okay. It's like, no, you've already done it. Justice should be served upon you. Now. Yeah, I know. There's also but, like, a truly vile line where he goes, uh, we believed and didn't see through the lies he told us all that led him to his endless fall, as if the <laughs> lies are what the problem were, uh-huh. not the, you know, uh, multiple, multiple horrible rapes. Yeah, Stretching right. back exactly. decades! Yeah. Decades! Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, decades. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a, you know, he's... We we know what he is. We so, know what he is. It's just the it's just the that this is his attempt to cleanse himself. Like this is like if this is like if the that time that Quentin Tarantino talked about it was turned into a, a, yeah. a, a musical number. Like it's really, really it's it's sad. It's so gross. Uh Bob, I have nothing to say about yeah. the music except vocal. His the vocal production on this album and on this song in particular is so bad. He, he's, <laughs> it, it, he sounds brittle and distorted on the track. <laughs> like it's like this is a bad. This is a badly produced album, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the vocals. Like, his, his, but then again, who could do anything with James Dolan's voice? I guess, but it almost it it sounds like like he recorded it in whatever the recording studio version of like a water birth is. <laughs> uh, Bob, you yeah. were texting me as you this you were listening to this song. Yeah, again. I was. So uh, I. Think I've- I was I'm just going to say, uh, go off, King. <laughs> I was enraged. Uh, this made me legitimately angry. Because aside from, look, his justification for not stopping his friend, even if, like, he and a whole bunch of, like, retired septuagenarian dentists had gotten together and formed a posse to somehow get him to change his ways in some, like, fucking shithead intervention all of that aside what made me so mad is he did fucking know he did know. <laughs> yeah of course he did of course he did james dolan did. was on the board of the weinstein corporation from 2015 to 2016 in 2015 it was publicly reported that harvey weinstein had sexually assaulted an italian model in a hotel room that model went so far as to wear a wire to record Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. They had him dead to rights, but of course Harvey Weinstein used all the same black 
fucking black ops tactics that he used to shut down every other person and got the New York DA to not press charges. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, James Dolan. Did you miss this giant international scandal in 2015 when you joined the fucking board? (laughs) Did you quit the board as a result of the the head of the Weinstein company being charged with sexual clearly committing sexual or allegedly committing sexual assault? While that was being publicly reported, he absolutely knew there is a lawsuit, which I, as far as I can tell, is still pending, charging James Dolan as a member of that board with six plaintiffs for not doing anything because they knew. Also, uh, you did know about Isaiah Thomas and keep hiring yes. him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You have a long story in history of repeatedly he rehired Isaiah Thomas to run the New York Women's Basketball uh-huh. League team. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will I will also say this. Um part of the reason he didn't do anything was to keep the placement of JD and the Straight Shot songs <laughs> in Weinstein uh-huh. Company films. Yeah, uh-huh. <sighs> like, oh it's I'm possible sorry. that I should have known originally started as something that he was really hoping to get into, you know, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Ouroboros is really, really revealing itself here. The, the snake is eating its own tail right before us. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> That look, this is the I said the song before was the worst song on the album, which I No, this is it. This no, is no. the worst song. Yeah, no, but I'm what I'm gonna say is uh that's because I recuse this song because this is the worst <laughs> song ever written about anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I really think we should check on the Trayvon Martin song. Before well, we make a we're going to do that oh album God. later, probably. Um, look, yeah, this, this quarantine is going to happen. A, is going to happen a long time, and I think periodically we should all get together and just review JD and the Straight Shot albums. <laughs> yeah, check with your listeners. See if that sounds like a good idea for them. If, if, yeah. if they're down, I'm down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song is uh, very clearly. Um, Sean, what did you? What do you have to say about this song that hasn't been said? Anything? I mean, I I don't really have anything yeah. to. Do. Um, we've we've so said a lot chor- about this song. Is actually. like, I I hate the chorus musically and uh-huh. lyrically though. It's like my least favorite kind of just. I should have known. Uh, <laughs> also, this is a this is I I definitely think this is a reused melody that was supposed to be mm-hmm. about like. You know, James Dolan remembering almost getting a hand job. <laughs> I think that's like what it originally was. And he's like, oh, I got a, I got a comment. <laughs> so, Sean, what famous Knicks? I'm sure we have the same guy here. What famous Knicks fan uh, is this? I think it's Harvey Weinstein. It's Harvey Weinstein. Oh, right? I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say, I was gonna say Woody, well, Allen. Gonna say Woody Allen. It's Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, Woody. <laughs> um. <laughs> Spencer, what grade did you give this? Actually, a B plus. Song gets it. This song gets a, a, a not not applicable. I yeah, think it's, it's F. I mean, it's an F, but it's a non applicable. It's like oh, it's like actually has to be ruled by like the Hague. Not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Bob, which New York Nick is? I should have known. Uh, to me, this is uh, Nick Great, uh, Andrea Bargnani. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
not not to imply that Andrea Bargnani is a sex criminal. It's just it that, was a disaster. The the Bargnani yeah. thing was just a complete disaster. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my answer. All right, on to track six, uh, which is called Bees. Um, <laughs> topical, topical. And uh, I'll play some of that right now. Because bees can give you honey, but honey, they can sting you too. Uh, my only note on the song Bees is I'm out on the first line. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, the same thing, basically, which is, uh, well, first of all, hearing I should have known for the first time and then and then like, having it go dealing with the low grade PTSD from that while the, the next song starts and it. I don't even remember what the exact line is, but he just says bees. Like, he just, like, <laughs> the first thing he does is just go bees, and I'm just like, bees? Well, that's that's a sort of um, sequencing whiplash there. Like, um, but then it's and, like uh, one of those songs where it's like, honey, he's just like talking constantly talking about like bees make the honey, honey. Yeah, that's <laughs> the lyric I wrote down is bees can give you honey, but honey... They can sting you too. <laughs> yeah, and that's the uh, thing is that like uh, I, wordplay. My, my first three words of my notes are kind of hate this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I and I was kind of trying to figure it out. Like like bees are a metaphor, uh, and and for any other band, like you would get the sense that bees are a metaphor for like oh don't sleep with that lady because. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's going to get back, you know, it's, know, you don't know, know what you're getting, you don't know what you're getting there. into, you don't know what you're uh. getting into, but then like his energy and his persona on, as the vocalist of this band is so bloodless. Yeah. Like he never sounds like he's singing about sex, even though he probably usually is. This he, song he, feels like it's actually about bees when he's saying that's it, what actually. I'm saying yeah. is that it's 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 like I guess it's a metaphor for quote like difficult women unquote but like, <laughs> it's it's actually about bees if you kind of take his tone yeah. like his tone is very literal and it's very very confusing and befuddling um Boring riff. That's yeah, it. way boring. Way boring. This song is so boring. Uh, boring. Bob, anything you got to say about bees? <laughs> uh, my notes are: this is a song you play for a group of bored second graders, and the kids start chanting for Raffy within five minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, anything you have to say about bees? <laughs> I mean, I, I on my notes I wrote down fiddle dd. Uh, <laughs> but this was like a song where they had nothing and they're just like you guys are session musicians figure something out right yeah <laughs> i i hate pretty much any song that's about honey i would say yeah yeah um i mean it's just it's very forgettable um i will read you what uh countrylowdown.com said in okay. their review mm-hmm. oh i'm sure. uh, claiming they'd never heard of james dolan before 
at times during this song, James's vocals remind me of a cross between Julian Cope and Ian Maka McCullough of Echo and the Bunnyman. What? what? The yeah, fuck? no, no, <laughs> no, no. Julian no. Cope got fucking name dropped in a review of JD and the Straight Shot. For some I don't reason, even know where to this begin. This is credited to Kate Willis. And then it says review by Roger Sharman. In the very first <laughs> That's not a real person. Roger, Roger Brawny is not a real person. <laughs> and even, even with this extremely positive review, uh, it ends with this. Now, would I go out and buy it? In all honesty, probably not. <laughs> but it has been well put together, and I appreciate the musicianship throughout the album. But I'm not here to sell it. I'm here to offer my opinion on it. We all have different tastes, so it's certainly worth giving a listen and making your own mind up about it. So basically, appreciate- that album is The Great Divide. This review Yeah, I was is- going to say, I appreciate the both sides' perspective on that on this record. I, I, uh, I also did you like this music? Again. It's still like, eh, you got to hear both sides of this album. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to mention once again, since since Julian Cope was mentioned by this reviewer, anyone who's listening right now who doesn't know who Julian Cope is, please look up Julian Cope. Uh, he might be the diametric opposite in every single possible way to James Dolan. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. there, may, there may be a human no less similar to James Dolan than Julian Cope, <laughs> who is a who who is a a, a, a mystical uh, 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 tr- uh, pagan? He's a pagan. Yeah, I would say he's a pagan. He's a, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. A warrior poet, a shaman. Yeah. If yeah. You will. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, um, incredible. I don't know if you're speaking of shamans, I don't know if you noticed this on Twitter at some point. I'm going to say a week ago, uh, it was revealed that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has a- in his. In his safe space has a, a doors poster, a giant Jim Morrison doors poster. Oh, like that boy. says a lot. Yeah, it's his room. It's his study. There is apparently there appears to be some kind of treadmill and a computer and some books and some assorted weightlifting equipment and an extremely large Jim Morrison mm-hmm. poster. So which is Jim. Jim Morrison might be the exact halfway point between James Dolan and Julian Cope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, like, and, and all I can think about is that great Kids in the Hall sketch where the guy tells him to go steal a car because he needs to go to Morrison Hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. Uh, even if you have a car, you have to steal a car. Steal a, I have a car. <laughs> steal a car. Um, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Which famous New York's Nick fan? Nick fan is bees. You know, I I thought it was like really generic. I'm going with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, interesting. Oh, I went even more generic than that. Uh, I think it's Edward Burns from the Brothers oh, yeah. McMullen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, uh, what letter grade did you give bees? D. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and on a side uh, note, go, on go a ahead. side note, I had a, I, I took, I had some, some friends of mine in high school were actual like musicians and had a, and had a ska band. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, very pot. Like they played it, they played at CBs, they played at CBGBs. Mm-hmm. I went a couple times and and did some graffiti on the walls of the bathroom. I was really cool. Um, but 
in any case, they were all taking AP music theory my senior year. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know why, but I took it too. I remember absolutely nothing from AP music theory. Um, Except for the fact that uh, my that the teacher used to, as in one of the more dad jokes of all time, he would say, "You have to be sharp and be positive. Don't be flat." Uh. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, what famous Nick? I mean, what what Nick Nick's player is bees, Bob? Uh, to me, Bees is, is just in this ode to the letter B, it's Bobby Portis. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bobby Portis is utterly, like, he's just, he's, like, the only interesting thing about Bobby Portis is him breaking Nikola Meritich's jaw last, I, I suck it last year. And aside from that, there's just nothing notable about him. Um, I like it. Uh, makes sense. All right. Our next track. Uh, is called Anything But Love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it sounds a little something like this. <laughs> I can give you diamonds, I can give you pearls, we can go traveling all over the world. Anything you wish for, if it makes you glad, only one thing I wish I had. I can give you All right, Spencer, you're up. What did you yeah, have to say about anything but love? The pitch correction is really kicking in on this tune. Uh, <laughs> he's really he's really having a tough time with these with these melodic um, contours, and the, the the computer is helping out. Um, not not to say that pitch correction is a problem. I use it. Every, uh, probably everybody who's used a computer to make a pop song has used it. But it's uh, it's more about the evident nature of it um, that I'm discussing here. Uh, the chorus is in that more kind of adult contemporary Fleetwood Mac style, which doesn't really offend my ears. Um, but the song, of course, is abysmal. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, I hate how he sings. The, like he's using the the words sugar and spice, satin and lace. I can give you diamonds, and you know what else I can give you? Pearls. That's mm-hmm. right. I can also give oh, you oh. pearls. Uh, you know, That's... Prince. Once Prince did uh, uh, owned that cliche uh, for the rest of time in 1991. Uh, it was no longer legal to write about giving diamonds or pearls to mm-hmm. anybody. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those other songs that feels kind of like, you know, he's trying to, he seems like he's trying to maybe talk about himself. Uh, it well, seems that's somewhat... what I wanted to bring up, actually, is <laughs> if this were a song by any other band, like, I would just be like, yeah, okay, this is like your typical, like, oh, male, female, the relationship song but because it's a song that's written by a billionaire yeah. who is constantly <laughs> saying i can buy you anything i can he says at one point i believe he says something about going into genie mode and yes, making all yes. her wishes come true yeah he can be a genie for her and then he says uh but i he can i can costume. give you anything 
but love. And then the woman goes, all I've ever wanted was love. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. If, and- it knowing that it's a song by a billionaire really changes how you would feel about this song. I feel like yes, I, yes. I agree. It's it's abysmal no matter what, but but it really does like it seems coming from James Dolan, even from what I knew about him at the time, it seems somewhat sad and an attempt at quote unquote self awareness. Uh-huh. But to what end? It's very. <laughs> I felt like it was. Really gross. This was my uh, second least favorite song on the album outside of... (sighs) I should have known. Um, (laughs) Any of the love songs, I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Anytime he started singing. Because he's like, listen, we're going to have a great time, you and me, but... um... If there's if if you want if you want something from me that isn't in like just uh, can't be picked up with Louis Vuitton yeah (laughs) yeah heedless flaunting of wealth then uh, you're on your own lady Uh, Bob what did you think of this one um uh, this is I think when I started to leave my body Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) I just kept getting really disturbed by the the backup singers crooning never wanted anything or however they sung it. I don't even remember. It just, for some reason, the, the backup singing is what really, it's sad. Really it bums me. It bums me. Out. Yeah. That, this is the song that made me feel the worst for the women in this band. Like I yes. know we're adults and they're getting paid and making choices, but this is the one where I was like, man, this has got to be one of the worst jobs. And you Ugh. know, you know, Dolan thinks this song is so clever. That's the other <laughs> thing that really hit me, where he's like, yeah, the man's singing, I could give her anything but love, but then the woman, all she wants is love. It's like, oh, Henry, but the blues. <laughs> <laughs> it's like meatloaf, but without any sense of energy or humor whatsoever. Yeah. Um, all right, Sean, which New York's Knicks, New York Knicks fan is this? Oh, uh, gosh. I think it's Ben Stiller. I was going to say the same thing! <laughs> Spencer, what letter grade did you give anything but love? That's eh, a C minus, you know. <laughs> again, again, that adult contemporary chorus thing does not offend me personally the way it does other people, maybe, but like. Just, just the whole existence of it doesn't, doesn't. You know, oh yeah, I'd, I'd like to also mention that this was my least favorite uh, James Dolan vocal. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I mean, I still not my think, least favorite though. I still think uh, for me, Invisible was the worst. But uh, all right, uh, vocal, Bob. Which New York Nick is anything uh, but love? Anything but love is is. Uh, Nick's backup combo guard, Ron Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, this tracks to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick's backup, who was signed as an undrafted free agent from the same Wichita State team that also produced Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. And they've had somewhat divergent careers in, in the big since then. Um, and it, it's just because it, for, there are a couple of reasons why it's Ron Baker. The first is which, like, Ron Baker was a quasi functional guard during like garbage time and the last 20 games of another failed season. And yet the Knicks still gave him 
the, by the way, the, the interim Knicks GM gave him a two-year, $9 million contract <laughs> <laughs> for no... And, and, and it's Ron, like a Chris Duhon special, yeah, but worse. Yeah, Ron Baker, now granted, uh, I think if you said to Ron Baker, I could give you diamonds and I could give you pearls, he would be like, yeah, give me that. And I don't care about the love, because they really kind of did. <laughs> Right. He's also uh, one of the most prominent children's book authors in, <laughs> in among, the NBA, the, yeah. among the Knicks community. Yes, absolutely. you you you're never too small to dream big. I believe is the name of the title. Yeah, all right. Ron Baker also last year got absolutely cold cocked by an elbow from Anthony Davis. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, his face was a mess. Um, oh, all yeah. right. Finally, it's our second to last song that we're really going to have to talk about in depth. I think. <laughs> uh, Good. It's track eight. Take it slow. This was my least favorite song. (laughs) Well, here is a little (laughs) clip for our listeners. Don't understand. So I gotta take it slow. To clarify, I should have known is the worst song. Right, of course. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spencer, let's talk about the music on "Take It Slow." Uh, God, albums can really feel long, you know. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> this is right around the point where I'm just like, they're they're in the the the, the extended extended home stretch here, mm-hmm. like. It's a low key rumba, I guess. Like, it's like one of those, it's one of those, like, you know, again, we're talking old school, like late 90s, early 2000s white people doing like Latin music, quote unquote. My only um, note is this is just smooth by Santana. I mean, it's, <laughs> right, it's, right. The, it's, it's so bad. Uh, uh, and, uh, and the, the only other thing I have to say is, a, like regarding the lyrics where it's just it's about how it's one of those you know clever songs where you know you're talking you're you're setting up i hate the whole set it up and knock it down of like (laughs) you know you know a, a songwriter who thinks he knows why he writes songs you know it's like uh, starts out by talking about how she's got her ways you know i love the, the i love the couplet she remembers doesn't forget you know what i mean like, she doesn't just remember she also doesn't forget but uh <laughs> absolutely but, needed to tease that entire thought out to make sure yeah. the listener understands yes yep but but what i love about it is is you know that's setting up like oh you know what you know you're you're talking about like her as a person like sure she's got She's got like these, these, she doesn't like men because of the specific relationship she's been in. So what's the perspective we're coming from here? Well, the chorus reveals that's because that's why I have to take it slow with her (laughs) because she, she's been probably abused or something (laughs) like that. And so of course, you know, I I really want my friend Harvey. <laughs> yeah, so all I really want to do is fuck her, but like she's not that interested. 
uh, because she's uh, uh, damaged goods. You know what I mean? So like, uh, we uh, listen. I'm playing the long game here. That's anyway. It's a dis- it's a disgusting song. It's another disgusting song by JD in this trade shot. It's also, I would say, from a Nick standpoint, um, he refuses to take actually building the Knicks slow, so he's really full of shit here. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> he's the most impatient sure. person ever. Uh, but, Bob, what do you have to say about Take It Slow? Um, my notes are just... Uh, what, the, my evidence-free thought as to the genesis of this song is that at some point, like... Uh, James Dolan was like hanging out with his then drug dealer and trying to score. And the drug dealer was, was quasi ironically playing the song bananas and blow by Wayne. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and years later, James Dolan remembered that incident and tried to copy it as best he could. (laughs) Sean, what do you, this Sean? You said this is your least favorite uh, song on the album, besides the Weinstein one, obviously. Yeah, uh, um, it is. Tell I us mean, why. It, it, I would say that once the percussion started, I real, I, I again said, "Oh no." <laughs> um, I, I think I texted Joey that it was like a horny old man. Actually, hold on, let me. I can pull it up. I can pull up the text. Um, yeah. uh, it's 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 like a horny old man's remake of Smooth, but backed <laughs> by the Stray Gators. <laughs> um, it's just like like James Dolan's sexuality is so repellent, but for some reason he, the phrase "take it slow" it. was just like so. It, it, I don't, I don't know what it was about, like, knowing that he moves so slowly anyway, and, like, really has just, like, a weird, creepy body. He waddles. Uh, the man is a waddler. But it, it, it's, like, I think it's the most predatory sexual song on the album by far. And just the fact that he kind of lapses into, like, I don't know how I would describe the rhythm of this song, but Dolan definitely thinks he's given it, like... A Latin Caribbean flair, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 but he's yeah, also kind of like growling and drooling at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I call that a low key rumba, but it's like the lowest key rumba. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it doesn't really qualify. I, you know, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that James Dolan is actually a vol cell. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I feel like the women that he convinces to attend games with him so he looks like the kind of rich guy who has beautiful women who should who could be his granddaughter on his arm um and from listening to this album like none of it feels like there's no actual pulse of human desire backing any of this and that that could entirely be attributed to his lack of skill um (laughs) both as a singer and as a songwriter and as a lover um, <laughs> but it just doesn't, I'm just like, it just feels like he ha- knows what, from listening to enough other people's actual music, knows what the basic contours of, not even love, actual desire are supposed to sound like, or are supposed to be about, but as to whether he's actually experienced that, I have legitimate questions, let's mm-hmm. just say. 
Uh, he does have that muscle-bound son. We don't <laughs> <Yes>. forget. <laughs> Uh, James Dolan has a son who's uh, a bodybuilder. Uh, that's right. So he has had and, sex, and he's going to inherit the team, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I no, hope so. <laughs> no, they're going to. They're going to. My, my, again, evidence-free opinion is that we're in the midst, especially now, even before this particular moment in history, we were on the verge of a sports team valuation bubble, mm-hmm. all of which were oh, propped up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of which were held afloat because of TV rights. And there was going to be a serious financial reckoning to come when the contracts with the NBA and the NFL ran out mid-decade. Now, God, I had no idea. But, I mean, and I've said this before, James Dolan is a moron, but he's not stupid. Mm-hmm. And and there have been a lot of rumors about him selling the Knicks, I mean, he yeah. already divided the Knicks and the Rangers and, and the teams from the venues that the Madison Square Garden Network owns. And there is a real opportunity to sell. Now, before all this happened, he could have gotten easily, I think, between five and six billion for the Knicks alone. And if he were selling now, would the only reason I think he, he would be inclined not to, and he, in, in, in a statement announcing the firing of the team's prior, uh, uh, president of basketball operations. He also had MSGPR slip in. I am not selling the team when no uh-huh. one was asking. <laughs> but you know, I th- me thinks the lady doth protest too much, and I think he actually has been considering it. I think the current uh, uh, world affairs means that that's it would be a lot harder, probably maybe to find a buyer. But no, I uh, sad to say, I don't think the swole. The swole son of Dolan will be inheriting this largesse. Swollen. Um, he is. <laughs> he is swollen. That that is a one fit. That is a beefy lad. Uh, if you want to look him up on the internet, Sean. What famous? What famous Knicks fan is the song "Take It Slow"? Uh, Chris Brown. Okay. No. I was gonna go <laughs> Chaz Palminteri. Um. <laughs> Chaz Palminteri in like a, a Cuban shirt. Yeah, exactly. Like- he just feels like a white guy who would want to do like the marimba, <laughs> like to like uh, to like uh, seduce a woman. All right, he's uh, constantly inviting women to go salsa dancing, yeah, exactly. but he's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got like a great linen suit to do it. Yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> Spencer, what grade did you give? That's a D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems right. It's an F for me, by the way. <laughs> and Bob, what New York Nick is Take It Slow? Um, to me, it's uh, beloved human rights uh, champion, Ennis Cantor. Not for his off-court activities, which are incredibly incredibly uh brave but for his general off-court demeanor and play mm-hmm. both of which are are practically soaked in corn syrup this and also equally is like, as nutrition free this also is like the song version of hanging out with the clintons yeah um all right <laughs> <laughs> which enos cantor also does <laughs> um all right let's Talk about the last original on the album, track nine. And it's, by the way, Ennis Cantor, who I've met a couple of times, is a lovely person, mm-hmm. by the way. I just want to make that sure, clear. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, he seems like, like a good dude. His social he media is a, presence is just ridiculous. His social media is ridiculous. 
so much of his antics are ridiculous. Like he really would prefer to be a WWE wrestler, all things mm-hmm. considered. But like he's a genuinely kind like person. All right, track nine, walking on a wire. Here we go. <sighs> Gasoline and money is all that I need. A pair of long legs makes a blind man see. Chuck Berry sang it back in '63. Don't let your mama find you kissing Natalie. All right, I'm going to say uh, this This is the only one I wrote lyrics down for. Can we talk about the cover of the album real quickly? We, sure. Uh, we're at 210 for how right. long this episode just, just, is, just, so we got to be quick. That it is a torn American flag. It is a torn yeah. American flag. It's so... And it's got, like, weird... Anyway. The Spotify album art has like cartoons of people screaming at each other and yeah. the uh and Lady <laughs> Liberty on it. Um, it kind of looks like cartoons about like protests in the 60s but definitely written by a very like drawn by a very conservative person. Mhm. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a real uh uh what's his name? The Drew Garrison vibe to mm-hmm. the bottom of yeah. that album. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but what I will say about the song Walkin' on a Wire is, uh, here's what I wrote down. This song truly sucks. It means nothing. And it more importantly contains the lyric, gasoline and money is all I need. A pair of long legs make a blind man see. <laughs> here's no, the they don't. They really don't. It's it's so horny. <laughs> Spencer, go ahead. To, to, yeah. Because yes, it I, is I just, your turn. I just want to yeah. say, do we really have to talk about this song? I hate this song. <laughs> I hate I hate patter songs. You know what I mean? When it's like, oh. Oh. you know, like that, like I hate every song that does that. Every single one. Uh, and and it's and it's just about him being like anxious. You know, it sucks. I hate it. And the and the lyric I wrote down was Chuck Berry sang it back in '63. Don't let your mama catch you kissing Anna Lee. And yeah. I'm just like, uh, you you are now in the in the uh, the complete offensive mediocrity zone. Like mm-hmm. like the 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 this is the this is a, a bad unlistenable stupid song i don't like it uh, I hate it also he admits to doing cocaine on this song several times yeah uh that's the only interesting part he keeps saying white lines make him sin i believe <laughs> yeah which again spot the lie yeah uh-huh. <laughs> this is it's absolutely like a cokehead lyric from start to finish yeah yeah <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, Sean, anything you got to say about walking on a wire? I, I thought this was the most racist song on the album. <laughs> uh, the album where the song sounded pretty racist. <laughs> Just from the sound of it, you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like the patter... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The lyrics, just like overall. Because a lot of them, it's like, okay, this sounds like a rich, terrible white guy trying to act like he's of another race, and this one is like... Yeah, the mask is completely off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Alright, I think that's all we have to say about this terrible song, right? Except, um, Sean, what famous Knicks fan 
is walking on a wire? Uh, Matt Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought this was straight Michael Rappaport. <laughs> um, <laughs> also true. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Uh, Spencer, what letter grade did you give this song? That's a D. <laughs> 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 and Bob, what? I don't. I don't have a Knicks player for this one. I just want to add to the famous Knicks fan. To me, this is a tweaked out, like fucking grifter Gary Vaynerchuk, <laughs> who, <laughs> who is a consistent presence courtside and is just has been pr- like has been pushing some of the most useless crap onto the world and getting rich off it for the longest fucking time. Um, all right, let's let's get run through these covers real quick. Uh, the next track, track ten, is a inexplicable cover of "Happy Together" by the Turtles. I, know. <laughs> I have no idea why you would include this song, especially when you sing like that. Uh, no. so, so wait, I gotta play a clip real quick. Here all we right. go. Yeah, I don't know why this is on here. Spencer, you've put albums together. Why is there a cover of the Turtles Happy Together here? (laughs) So, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about set lists, like live set lists, because he Mm -hmm. likes, you know, his band plays out, uh, so to speak. (laughs) Um, uh, I didn't know this would be a cover, but I was afraid it was going to be from the title (laughs) on the track list, and it was. Um, I understand performing this live, not because this is a good person to be performing the song, because it isn't, but... At the very least, again, if you got a cover in your set, you've got something that people can sink their teeth into to some degree. Uh, why would we want a JD in the Straight Shot interpretation of any previously recorded song <laughs> on recording, let alone this song? This is unsurprisingly the worst vocal performance on the album. <laughs> what? What is this? Did you, did you guys, I know, Bob, you said you didn't necessarily get through all this, the, the length of every song. Did you guys all get through the end of this song? I did, yeah, yeah. I did, but I didn't. The, se- the second time, I, I I did not listen to both the covers all the way through. Because, because he gets to the, you know, as we can all recall, this ends with a bunch of long, straight-held notes. Mm-hmm. Like... That's yeah. what this song ends with. I'll play that uh, right now. So happy together. So happy together. So happy together. Yeah. Uh, it's not anyone, good. <laughs> if, funny, if anyone is unclear on what autotune can do to a human voice, this is exhibit A. <laughs> like, this is like, like uh. that is... That is the setting autotune turned on to its maximum capability. That's just what it is. Uh, it, it, and, you know, it's not like T-Pain where it's like a choice. It's clearly in trying to fix something. Yeah. Like, um, we can't release this unless we turn yeah. this up as high as we possibly can. What Truly, I will it starts say... To sound like, it starts to sound like it's malfunctioning. At a certain what I'll say about this is... Uh, 
This is a song historically that has a million terrible covers of it. <laughs> and I know. I, I think this is the worst one I've ever heard. Yes. The, Weez- the Weezer one is 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 a is a hoot. <laughs> I mean, certainly by by comparison, Weezer Weezer every Weez- recorded Weezer song is like you know. <laughs> God, a godsend. <laughs> uh, Bob, anything you want to say about this cover? I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this, just because after listening to nine songs that really no other human being could produce, it was nice <laughs> to hear. A, it was nice to hear even a bad version of a song that seemed to work musically. So I found that a nice refreshing. <laughs> Nice refreshing break. Uh, Sean, <laughs> anything you want to say about the, this cover of "So Happy Together"? No, just just it it made it's the the song choice is more baffling than the actual recording. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, oh, and and the Knicks fan that this this is um this is uh, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> and also, I should say my least favorite song on the album. Oh, is interesting. Happy Together. <laughs> Uh, all right, and finally, I think we can all agree this was the best song on the album. Oh my uh, god, what a relief. Uh, it's a cover of the Allman Brothers band's Jessica. Uh, which involves no... James Dolan singing in it. It's not a particularly good I'm cover. I'm going to say he's not playing guitar either. No. It's a ma- it's man- a mandolin-heavy cover of Jessica. Can we all agree that it's <laughs> yeah. the best song on the album? <laughs> yeah. Now, in the, vi- the video does show him at least miming the actions of playing guitar. Mm. This is another one where I mistakenly clicked on, like, the music video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit to say about this. Just okay, a little let's, bit. Let's I, I don't, don't want to I don't wanna drone on about it. But yeah. uh, I, I was relieved when the, when it was an actual cover of Jessica, mm-hmm. see, just seeing the title, because I am aware of the song's reputation as being a famous instrumental, and I was really happy about that. Uh, I also really like the song, Jessica. It's a nice composition. Um, it's a savvy choice for TV placement. I gotta say, if you still got the a line open with his uh, mm-hmm. his, con- his buddies at AMC, which he controls apparently, uh, <laughs> this 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 will probably end up somewhere um, in a desert scene or something. Uh, this, the the solos are firmly in the category of competent, <laughs> but I cannot say I enjoyed. I cannot say I enjoyed them. Mandolin wise, David Grisman is not in the building with us today. Uh, violin solo wise, John Luke Ponty is not anywhere near the building with us today. Uh, th- these are not good solos, but they're fine. They're, they're totally fine. Um, and I'm guessing, actually, you, you, you know, Sean, you mentioned that you, you don't think he's playing the guitar. I think he is playing the guitar on the song. <laughs> but here's why I think that. It's because this is an acoustic cover of a famously electric song. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The melody is extremely simple to play, actually, if you have a pretty basic understanding of the instrument. Um, so he's probably playing the lead part. The acoustic guitar kind of chugling thing that like keeps the song really going, mm-hmm. that would be more difficult. Um, I mm. don't suspect he's doing that. I think he's doing the pretty like pretty plunky lead part. Um, oh. It's way more easy to imagine 
um, him doing that on an acoustic guitar than an electric guitar because the electric guitar and finally I can actually talk about something on that musically here mm-hmm. uh the electric <laughs> guitar off, requires <laughs> electric guitar requires more finesse and and like tone understanding to really get what the almonds brothers get out of a song like jessica uh-huh. like yeah you, you know to play that duet like it really has to be done expertly to can to be convincing um to do it on an acoustic guitar it does not have to be done expertly I think. <laughs> and and so it makes sense that they would choose this for the acoustic uh acoustic record um but yeah a relief b minus is somebody <laughs> microwaving something <laughs> Yeah, me. Uh, sorry, I'm fucking really hungry. I, I wish that was the. I, I like. I, I kind of wish I was listening to Jessica and then the sound of a microwave turned on, like halfway through it, because that would be a, a very appropriate well uh, addition. I think that's the best place to end this. Is Bob's microwave? Uh, yeah. Um, also, that that song is John McEnroe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was also going to say. Why that's was for it sure John McEnroe's song? They did not need it. <laughs> Um, You've made it that far. <laughs> uh, Bob, what would you like to plug? Is he with us? No, nope. he's not with us. He's not with us. Uh, let's go with Sean. What would you like to plug? Uh, we got some stuff on Yard. I have a thing about free agency on Yard Barker. Also, um... I was on a couple episodes of the quarantine cast, but I would say check out the one with me and Katie Heindel. It's a really good episode. Nice. Uh, can I plug now? Yeah, Bob can Silverman. I, what I, would you I, like to plug? Yeah, uh, there's an article that just went up uh, a couple days ago where I got to talk to Mike Francesa about his. Dude, it's so tight that our, it's so good. <laughs> Everyone should read it. Oh God, it was resistance really... leader Mike Francesca. Yeah, uh, and there's an article which I think is running soon, where I spoke with uh, Al Harrington about his weed company, and that'll be oh, up yeah. soon. He is so a nice was, guy. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. I actually, this is I did this interview back on uh, a while ago. This is a this is an article coming to you from the before times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spencer, tell the listeners where they can uh, hear some hear from Spencer Owen Timeshare. My Bandcamp page is spencerowen.bandcamp.com. Um, standard spelling. I am, I am, you know, I just kind of wrapped up my band, Spencer on Timeshare. We were together from 2012 to 2020. We're putting out something new this year um, to kind of send us off. But um, please, at that Bandcamp page or on Spotify or any other music service you have, Listen to um, Spencer and Timeshare album presentation. That's, as Joey mentioned, the most recent thing I've, I've done, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, and I'm, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram, SO Timeshare. Um, and I'm excited to read this Mike Francesca article. It looks really interesting. Um, and then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on March 10th, 2015, I tweeted... Why does it take me drinking half a glass of something before I realize it's gone bad? Mold Mold should be easier to sense. Iced tea goes bad? (laughs) 
So the tweet is so full. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, shut it down. <laughs> Let's go home. But before you go, here's a good song by Spencer Owen to uh, wash the taste out of everybody's mouth uh, from the Dolan episode. Bye. Bye. Just because I'm laughing, you think I'm well. But it's really the other way around. In a sense, I rely on the country. But in another, it really drags me down. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.